This is Pastor Matt McClure here from Takeover Church, and thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope it encourages you. We pray it blesses you. We pray it challenges you. And if you don't know, we have service every single Sunday at 10.30 a.m., and we would love for you and yours, your family and your friends to come on out, experience church, be a part of all that God is doing through Takeover Church. But hey, we hope this blesses you. Have a great rest of your day. church and 
preach about the body of Christ and our commitment to the body of Christ and all of the different parts of the body, the eyes that see, the ears that hear, and how each of us is significantly gifted for a specific area of the church and what that looks like and also what unity of churches looks like. Us being one body and us being um, united. All of our churches united because this has been a very challenging period of time and uh, the churches need to come together for the revival that we're going to see when we come together. But um, as I prayed about it, I, I was kind of settled that that was what I was going to do. And that, that would have been easy for me to talk about. It wasn't um, going to be hard at all. But I, I took a minute and I opened it up to the Lord. And I was just like, if you, if you want me to preach about something else, um, I'm just going to let you drop it in my heart. And uh, he gave me something that isn't really easy to talk about. <laughs> And he gave it to me during a time when it was it was very real for me to recognize that if this was something I was going to preach, it was something that I had been needing. And uh, sometimes it is it is hard to to fight and to endure and to to go through suffering and to to not want to quit and to stop and give up. And, and that's what I'm going to preach about tonight, or this morning, is uh, the fight, the battle, the endurance, the long-suffering that it takes to um, go through this life and be transformed through suffering, rather than um, dismantled or destroyed by suffering. Um, there are different fights that come up in our lives. There are fights that we cause. There are battles that come that, that we cause, that we bring on ourselves. And there are other battles that just happen, and we, we find ourselves in the midst of battle, and, uh, and, and that's challenging. But as a Christian, every single one of us is equipped to weather the storm, because, because we have Jesus yeah. as the love of our life, as, as the center, as the, as the cornerstone. Yeah. And uh, with him, and through him, there, there is so much that can be said about suffering and battle. And years ago, years ago, when we were at Life Church, there's this great guy, San Martina. He looked like Jesus. Um, actually, when I was preaching in youth, I had this picture of Jesus from a movie. I don't know. And then I, the next slide was like San Martina's face, photoshopped onto the same picture. And people, like, it took people a minute to like notice that that wasn't still Jesus, the Jesus from the picture. Um, he was the worship pastor at the previous church we were at. And he he had this two-part message, and it was called Suffer Well. And I remember when I first heard that title, I was like, yeesh, uh, that's rough. Um, I'm, I'm really not into suffering at all. <laughs> uh, if I could avoid it, I would. And um, that just wasn't something to me that I was like, this is going to be fun. I, I, I have struggled with this for years. I, I've, I've carried this, this, this analyzation of, of suffer well, what does that look like, what does that mean? And um, to, to me, I was like, why not just call it suffer not, and then show us how we can avoid suffering, <laughs> and how great life can be if you just don't have to suffer. And, uh, uh, when, he, when he gave this message, it was good, and it was hard, and I think that there are things that you should be challenged by and that you wrestle with. 
And in my 32 years, I was I, I know this has been something that I have definitely wrestled with. And I I also know that I've grown. And I, I was talking to a friend some time ago, and I was saying, well, I, I hope, I hope that I changed. I hope that, you know, it's evident in me, the fruit of the spirit, and that there's been good work that's been done. And she was like, no, 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 no. There definitely has been. And you need to to not be modest, and you need to be proud of the fact that yes, you, you've done good work, and yes, there was fruit. And so looking at this, and that suffer well, I, I definitely know uh, that me personally, it is something that I've worked through, and, that, and that's what I'm gonna be sharing with you today, is um, what that looks like, what I've learned, and um, you know, how it bless you. So I, I, the thought of suffering, um, for some reason it made me think of Lord of the Rings Summoner, and also like the Hobbit and stuff like that. And I, I was thinking about who I am as a person just like in my heart. And, and I think when it comes down to it, the, the, the most basic form is like, I'm a Hobbit. I like to <laughs> be alone. I like to um, celebrate the simplicity of life and to be surrounded by um, stillness and quiet and, and peace and comfort. And suffering just like really doesn't doesn't get in there. It's, it's, it's really not a part of it. Uh, they live quiet lives, they live under the ground, and, and that's their deal, they keep to themselves. And I'm sure if, if Matt still had a microphone, which he probably doesn't, uh, he, he would say, oh no, my wife is an elf, she, you know, she's just like tall and majestic, and she can shoot a bow and arrow and all this stuff, and um, which I really can't do that. Not as well as I anymore. He would say that, he would say that. And um, I think the difference is, is that in my heart I'm a hobbit, but I'm called to be an elf. I'm called to be a fighter, and I'm called to, in Christ, I'm called to um, go through these battles and, and go through them well. And the scripture that I'm coming out of today is 2 Corinthians 4.8. And this, this has been one that has, has been with me for a very long time. And it says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. The suffering in life comes whether you know Jesus or not. It's when you have Jesus that he shows you how to get value and change out of suffering. How to become more like him through your sufferings. Everyone knows. Jesus, he suffered the most. He suffered the most for all of us. And when, it, when, this, when they're talking in Corinthians about this, they're, they're even suffering in a different way, where they're actually physically being hunted. They're being hunted because of their love of Christ and their belief in the church and their desire to see the world changed by the God man, Jesus. Uh, there isn't a place in the Bible where it's like, hey, if you believe in Jesus, you're never going to suffer. In fact, it says that we're going we're gonna to know troubles, uh, but we're not going to be crushed by them. We're going to be confused sometimes when things happen and not know why those things happen, but we're not going to be thrown into despair because we're going to have the Word of God and the Spirit of God and God's church in His body right here yeah. to fall back on. Um, he's never going to abandon us, and even if we trip and we fall, it is not into destruction. Yeah. Um, 
the suffering, uh, the promise of suffering amid a life of Christ is that suffering will grow you to be used for good. Yeah. It can shape you and make you sharper and able to endure even more than you ever, ever thought that you could. Yeah. It can also let you connect to others through suffering, through the understanding of pain and suffering and hardship. It can open a door to connect with someone else that wasn't there before. What you've gone through gives you the doorway and the hallway to connect with someone who's gone through something similar. And it gives you that groundwork for understanding and that groundwork for you to be an encourager and to, to show what it looks like to endure and to press forward and to not give up. Uh, I I was thinking of um, at a time years ago when I really I, I really knew suffering and uh, for me personally it was like a crisis of, of faith. Matt and I had not been married for very long and my sister whom I loved whom I loved so much um, became very very sick and we didn't know what was going on. And uh, she had to go and stay apart from us so that she could be evaluated and um, help that tried to be given. And nothing was working. And I had to I had to watch her physically just dwindle away. I had to watch her body just like I had to watch her lose so much weight uh, that she was just like just a shadow of the the person she had been before. And I had to watch my mom and my dad just just torn up uh, by the inability to save their child and to, to protect her and keep her from, from something that was just so uh, dramatic and changing and gruesome. It was rough. And um, I remember saying that many times as I, as I waded into this thing. Uh, how can God let this happen? How can God, who's a good God, was a good God, and will always be a good God, let this happen? And it was in that time that I that I wrestled with that, that my, my faith really felt like it was like, uh, like breaking apart. Um, that I that I realized that God is still good, and that and that it was my place to be an encourager and to press on and to, to keep believing because I'd seen him be good already. So I had to believe and I had to begin to push myself to believe that he was going to be good again. And uh, many years we went through this, and, and, I, and I dedicate this message to my mom today because um, I, I've never seen that woman in my life, and uh, she's had a crappy daughter. Uh, and um, and I feel like there is a healthy way to endure, and I feel like there's not a healthy way to endure. And, and this whole idea of suffering well, you know, is is pushing forward with Christ at the center, knowing that God is good, He'll be good again, and leaning on the people around you to encourage you and to inspire you. And uh, you can hobble through, you can push through, but the chances of you coming out of that, just not covered in scar tissue and twisted up in a knot, 
are so slim that um, that's why I'm talking today about suffering from hope. I, I don't believe that if I hadn't come to that conclusion of, of God still being good, that I wouldn't see the wellness that is taking place in my body today. It's still a battle, it's still happening, but it's the first time in years that I've consistently seen my sister, who she is and who she was, and have her see me. Yeah. Have her look through the fog of whatever that was that has, has taken her away from us for four years, and to know that this is the person that I've loved. I've loved my whole life. Yeah. And, and again, I am perplexed as to why this is happening. But I don't despair. And I know even now, I've seen the people who love Alex before, and I see the people who love her now, and I've seen them change because of seeing her and what she's gone through. So I know that there's a greater story that that is taking place all this time amid all of the pain and suffering. And I know that that cost, though great, will not be for naught. And I'm grateful for that and I'm clinging to that. And uh, during the storm, I would not have learned about God's goodness. There, there was a lot of pain and suffering in the beginning that I didn't handle well. And it wasn't until it wasn't until months and months later that I met this beautiful woman over here, Miss Joey, um, as she was leading a, a women's retreat. And she talked about she talked about grit, and she talked about talking to God one on one and getting alone with Him. And it was during that time, under her leadership and encouragement, that I found out that I was carrying more than I was ever meant to carry. And as far as holding myself responsible for what happened here. And uh, and and again, this is just this is just to say that when we do suffer, suffer well and not with like carrying it all on yourself. Yeah. It, it looks like casting your burdens on the Lord. It looks like listening to others in leadership who have, who have been through hardships and who have known suffering and letting them encourage you and inspire you to go through the process and um, really get to the truth of what it is that God wants you to, to know and, and as truth and to carry them to the other side for the next things that he needs to go There are a lot of storms that come in life. They can look like they can look like an uh, ongoing battle for uh, you know, a personal injury. They can look like the sickness of a child, as I mentioned. Um, they can look like a broken marriage or relationship with your sibling. Uh, they can look like addiction. Uh, there, there are so many storms that come up. And for me personally, a, a, a storm, that a battle that has been hard for me is this life in ministry. Um, it's not easy to do this thing, and I, uh, this, this, this book right here does not say that it's easy to do it, and I fully acknowledge that. Uh, but there is something that Matt has said to me, and um, that has, has proven itself to be very true, is how much pain there is in the pulpit. And, uh, and it's not something that people always see, and that's okay. Um, but we like to believe that church is this free, this pain-free place that uh, people are perfect and suffering, and um, there's never hurt that comes from within the body, and uh, that's simply not the case. The, the best thing that we can do here is 
built into the DNA that is takeover, that we will always be a church that responds to the things that didn't work and let that modify our leadership and let that modify our, our, um, our hearts. And, and that's our desire is to always be growing and to doing those things, but let's be real, that's painful too. Um, suffering can be, like I said, anywhere, everywhere. It can be in your home, it can be in your head, in your church, like I mentioned, in your heart. Um, you will find it wherever you go. Uh, but Christ will also be found everywhere. His freedom and our ability to grow in Him. I found this old uh, hymnal, and I, and I don't know exactly where it came from, but uh, it is really, really beautiful. It says, Press beyond measure, yes, press to great length. Press so intensely beyond my own strength. Press in my body, press in my soul. Press in my mind till the dark surges roll. Pressure from foes, pressure from dear friends. Pressure on pressure till life will end. Pressed into knowing the helper divine. Pressed into loving the staff in his rod. Pressed into liberty where nothing clings. Pressed into faith where possibly dreams. Pressed into living my life for the Lord. Pressed into living in place that we don't know. And there are so many different things in here that are just so, so beautiful. That pressure comes from our enemies, but pressure also comes from people that we love. And that pressure and suffering and pain are things that we will know our whole lives. But that is what it is to live in Christ, to know that we're not just living for ourselves anymore. We're, we're living for Him. We're living to be altered and changed as we go through this thing to, be, to look like Him, because we can easily be altered and changed to look like something. We could be altered and changed to look to look corrupted and broken, and and we've seen that. We've seen people who stop growing, and that's scary. That's not a place where any of us want to be. We want to be going through this life, pressing forward with each other, inspiring each other, iron sharpens iron, encouraging and seeing growth and change, and and we never want to be stuck. We never want to be stuck. But that healthy pressure that before when I described myself as a hobbit, I, that is something that I, I easily could have avoided my whole life. I could have been like, oh no, pain pressure, no, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Instead of being transformed with that into something new. I look at myself when I describe myself um, going through that major illness for Alice in that beginning. I was so led by emotions, so led by how I was feeling and the pain that I was carrying. And, and that dictated the words that came out of my mouth. I let them dictate the words that came out of my mouth. They dictated my actions, which were often in anger, which unfortunately we had to experience for months until I got my head off my butt. Um, those, are, those are very real ways that not suffering well can just, just alter you inside. Not in the way that Christ wants, but in, in the way that the enemy loves to use to keep his foot in the door. Because if he can, if he can get down deep in there and he can twist when, when you're going through this pain and this suffering, then, then that 
you'll come back to that. You'll keep coming back to that, keep coming back to that until you process that stuff out and, and that crap is gonna be enough. You you will life is cyclical, it goes in a circle and you will keep coming back to that until that is it, it is purified. Until it's purified and moved on. When um, that crushing happens or that pressure comes and, and suffering suffering comes, uh, there is something that I have referred to as the distraction or the siren song. When things get hard in ministry, I and uh, and life because our life is ministry. Um, it's there's just like this whisper that I've not been able to kill yet, and, but I'm getting there. I'm working on it. And and that whisper is is that life doesn't have to be this. Life doesn't have to be this hard. And you can walk away from ministry. You're a full-time illustrator. You can go do something else. You can walk down a different road. You can turn your back on this whole thing. You can move to a different city. You can move to a different country. You can just go away. And none of this will hurt you anymore. And uh, I do not, I don't let myself listen to that. I, I don't. I don't even for a second let myself turn and hear or turn and see what that what that is because when you're in a marriage and that marriage has brokenness and it, it is so easy for the enemy to send that siren song and say, hey, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go through this crap. You you can go and not suffer with you. Heck, they say you know, the second time it's easier, which is false. Um, You'll get away the second time, or maybe the third time, maybe four times. No, maybe you need four times. I don't know what that looks like. The second that you start to, in your mind, let yourself look to that, that's that's when that twisting and that corruption begins to take place. That you will again need to work out. So I, I don't even let myself go there as far as looking for a plan B, as far as looking for another option. And that term siren song comes from a very, very old piece of, of writing that was written by Homer. It was called the Iliad. It's uh, a piece of Greek writing that's about this hero, Odysseus, and he runs across a cyclops and lots of crazy things. Um, and at one point, they're leaving an island, they're leaving an island with his men, where all of his men have been turned into pigs and then got to land pigs. Now they're all in again. So they get on this boat, and they have to go through this strait. And Circe, who was this woman who lived on that island, uh, she told them there are these things called sirens that are going to be on that street. And they are going to sing this song, and all your men are going to want to destroy themselves. They're going to they're turn their vision away from what it is that's their goal. And the goal was that there had been this huge war, and all of these men, including Odysseus, were, were trying to be home. War had been terrible, it changed the shape of the world. It was just, it was awful. If you want to get home, you need to not listen to that siren song because all of you will be destroyed if your lives are forfeit. So, Odysseus, who was a, a hero of sorts, he he always has a little test, you know. He always had to like push the limits of, of all of that stuff. So he he made all of his men stuff their ears with wax so they could hear. And they made him tie him to the max of the ship so that he could hear. I don't know if he was testing to see if like he could overcome 
you know, if he had the strength to overcome or what. Uh, but as they as they sail along, sure enough, there would be silence. And there are these beautiful women to about here, and then they have like these bodies of like bird things, which wasn't so cute. Uh, but for some reason their their song was so sweet and, and so alluring and so seductive that when Odysseus heard it, he wanted to destroy himself. He wanted to uh, just forget about everything, forget about guilt, going home, and just choose another way, which ultimately, ultimately ended in death. And because he had heeded wisdom, he was saved. Also, he saw that he was tested, and in his humanness, he had failed. So had he not been tied to the nets, they all, he would have been lost, for sure. That leads me to uh, this, my second portion of scripture today, which comes out of 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them, and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see now and in that particular story, the Iliad, the, the thing that they could not see was home, and that's where they wanted to get. The thing that they could see, and, and had they listened to it, was, was that silent song, which eventually would have, would have just killed them. And I know that when we're in these seasons that are precious to the Holy Spirit, the suffering is long, and the pain is great, it feels like it lasts forever. But when you're praying and, and that breakthrough comes, it's like, it's almost like the joy of that breakthrough overpowers and overshadows the, the pain and the pressure that you went through. And, and to me, that, that's just how God works. He's never late. He shows up exactly when he needs to. And, you know, Abraham had to wait many years for his son to be born. And God didn't tell him, hey, you're going to have to wait 30 years before you can have a son. He said, you're going to have a son one day. I'm, I'm going to honor you, and, and you're going to have a son. He told him the year before. After all of that time, he told him the year before, you're going to have a son. Your son is going to come before this time next year. And... And as much as that, those those years and years of waiting, and the hardship that it was to to wait that long, I can guarantee you that day that the son was born, those thirty years were gone like that. The, if he suffered well, if he, he pushed through those years, I know that the joy of his coming son overpowered the pain that he had. In Acts, it talks about another shipwreck um, and um, some some sailors who endured some some crazy stuff and a lot of suffering talks about Paul in the early church talks about the the crazy things that he endures also the crazy things that the church endures and um, at this point in the story he is in prison and he is being sent to Rome to to go to the courts to either be found guilty or, or um, and uh, he finds himself on this ship, and there is this crazy storm that takes place. And it is 
so wild. There's gale force winds, and there is a closing up of the sky where we cannot even see the sun or the stars. And all of the men on the ship are so, so certain that all of them are going to perish. All of them are going to die. And he prays, and he, ha he hears it from an angel that not one hair on anyone's head is going to be lost. You stand in the gap as an encourager. You stand in the gap as uh, someone who has known long suffering, but also someone who trusts in what God is saying. So all these guys are freaking out, they're getting to eat, they're throwing things overboard to, to try to make the boat lighter. And um, he tells them, he tells them, be still, everything's going to be okay. Don't jump overboard, just listen to me, keep my warning, it, it's going to be fine. Also eat some food. He tells them to eat some food. And Paul very easily could have been just like, holy cow, look at this storm, we're going to die. And he could have just been in despair, all is lost, just uh, go your own way, do what you gotta do. But he didn't, because he had suffered before, he'd been through it, and he could stand in the place of an encourager now, and he could speak to them and encourage them in what it was that it would take to get them through this. And he was right, not one man was lost. They, they all um, made it through the crazy storm, washed up on sea, on the, on the beach, and uh, and he eventually made his way onto Rome. Um, if we keep our eyes on the things we cannot see, the things that last forever, our suffering will never be without value or purpose. You, you can, you can deny the value and the purpose of that suffering by not suffering at all and to getting into the silent song. But the truth is, thing is, is that suffering comes from us all. So we all have to choose if we're going to suffer well, or if we're going to let this thing alter us in a way that isn't what God intended. You can either make it worth something, or you can forfeit the cost, pain, tears, and heartache that make and make those things valueless and useless to you in the future. Opening our hearts to pain and suffering, which sounds insane, we want to do that. We'll do more good than being swept away with emotion and letting it, and letting that emotion take our emotions. Um, Sadie, if y'all want to come back up here, I'm gonna close a little bit. Um, I I have struggled with emotions a lot in my life because I'm an emotional and um, I feel like a large part of, of suffering well has been me choosing Christ over my emotions. Me choosing the word of God and how he tells me to respond versus the way that I myself personally want to respond. It's hard, it takes changing, but I, I, I have let him change me. I have not uh, I, I'm still working on that, but that is so important to me, is opening my heart to that pain and that suffering instead of standing in denial of that and saying, no, you can't come into my life. It's gonna come. <laughs> there, there's nothing that can be done about that. What can be done about that is how you respond to it. 
in prayer, getting the word, in worship, and being a part of the body of Christ, uh, finding yourself in a relationship with Christ and a conversation with Christ, because he will help you process in a way that a therapist never could. A therapist can show you how, and they are incredible. And that is so important to, to being well and learning those skills. He is the great processor. He will, he will give you the discernment that you need. He will, he will show you the path to walk on, and he will be with you every step of the way. And when you cannot walk, prepare to be there. So, so that is my, my thought this morning. I just want to encourage you again. That pain, that suffering are, are real. And so is the siren song. That there are so many things that you can do to push through and move beyond and stand in the place of encouraging for others and to be altered by this and changed by this in the way that Jesus wants you to. I am going to pray right now for anyone who, everybody just wants to pull it out. Um, I'm going to pray right now for anyone and everyone who, who knows the truest and realness of suffering and pain. And maybe you can feel your heart have bruised and loose. And, and maybe you've been carrying that. And maybe you have no what to do with it. I want to take a moment right now and I want to pray over you. Pray for God to encourage you and to inspire you in a new way to show you what you can do with that. Jesus, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all of us being able to gather in this place, God. We are so grateful, Lord. We are so, so ready. We know that you've carried us, that you made us through the promise in a mighty storm, in a mighty battle. We recognize that we have not been fighting alone, Lord. We give you the glory in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for every hurting heart, no matter where that pain is coming from, from that suffering is coming from. Lord, maybe we have, maybe we have experienced great pain or great loss, and we've been offended by you, offended at you, Jesus. Lord, and, and I know that is not what you intend, but that's not what you mean, Lord. And we just ask for forgiveness right now. Father God, we thank you for your goodness, Jesus. We want to experience that goodness and that freedom. We want to be free from offense from anyone and everyone towards anyone, towards anyone, Lord. God, any of that pain that is coming to our lives, Jesus, we just pray right now, Lord. In our heart and hearts, we give it to you. Cast our burdens on you, Jesus, and we pray that you would transform and unload yourself in you into a deeper knowing of who you are, into new character, into a fresh revelation of you, Lord. In Jesus' name. All right.